you working Okay, about? everybody, welcome to Authentica. This is episode three. And uh, just to let everybody know, um, we are going to be talking about a lot of different stuff. And uh, we might get a little uh, free with our speech. So, you know, probably not a good idea to listen to us around kids. Probably not a good idea to listen to us, you know, anywhere where, you know, I can't say fuck. So... Which you know, makes just, it too late for you to know that and to right, make that happen. Right. So, <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah. Um, and, you know, we're probably going to be talking about sex because we talk about that a lot. And uh, it just all seems to kind of go back there. And um, but, you know, we're here to have an honest, genuine conversation about stuff and see where it goes. And, uh, yeah, with that, um, do you want to mention what we're going to talk about today? Uh, yeah. First, let's introduce ourselves. All right. I'm Mel. <laughs> I'm Josh. Um, yeah, again, we want to we wanna facilitate a conversation with everybody. Everybody. We're not going to tolerate hate speech, and we're not going to tolerate sex negativity. Yeah. However, um, we'll give you the tweet handle at the end of the show, and we do encourage you to chime in as we're all looking for uh, validation and authentic you know, ideas, just real ideas. Uh, yeah, we today... want to know what people want to talk about. What What do you want to talk about that nobody talks about, you know? Yeah, absolutely a taboo-free zone. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, there's some things that might get you in trouble legally, so we probably shouldn't air them, but there's no taboos between us. So yeah. uh, we thought we would talk today a little bit about or about uh, self-care and what that means uh, just to us, for us, um, possibly for others, you know, like, let's just yeah. be creative, I guess. Cause when it comes to self-care, I'm really bad about certain aspects of it. Well, let's, let's talk about that. Cause like both of us have mental health problems, you know, we're both bipolar. We both have anxiety. We both have ADD, you know, so, you know, that makes it pretty difficult to take care of ourselves sometimes, you know, when our mental health isn't the best. And I think a lot of people are like that. And a lot of people struggle with finding ways because self-care isn't just like going to get a manicure, you know, when, right. when you want to feel special, like self-care is going grocery shopping, you know, self-care so that you have food in the house so you can feed yourself. Self-care is going to sleep on time, you know. So what what do you struggle with the most with self-care? Um. Honestly, it's finding ways to be grounded. And yeah. especially uh, for this conversation, it seems perfect. But it's something I was talking to my partner about last night is, you know, I need more sex because it grounds me. Mm -hmm. Like that is a self-care that I neglect, you mm -hmm. know, and, and it's, it's not all about that one. You know, um, I definitely have a habit of eating the wrong foods because it's easier than, you know, making it to the store sometimes or, you know, it's more convenient when we're with friends, whatever. Yeah. Um, so those kind of things, um, you know, the, the simple things that I guess maybe we take for granted. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think I think the food is a big one because, you know, like, say you need to go to the grocery store and you're fucking depressed as all shit. You know, what are you going to do? You know, if you're so depressed, you can't get out from under the blanket. You're not going to go to the grocery store. So, like, at that point, it is easier to order takeout. And if you can afford it, just do it. Like, it's not the end of the world. No, you know? but 
But what is the, the value? I mean, the nutritional value is my point. The well, nutritional I mean, value, uh, yes, from time to time, but yeah, you know, sometimes yeah. I make a habit of it. Uh, well, what we're working on, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, when it's like every day or several times a week, yeah, you're going you're gonna to run into problems. And who can afford that anyway? Like, Nobody. I mean, it's I, outrageously expensive to do that all the time. Like, I, I've had periods today. of my life, right? <laughs> I've had periods of my life where we ordered too much takeout. But, um, but you know, the other thing is to try to, when you are feeling good, you could, like, cook ahead and cook freezer meals or, you know, oh, yeah. just... Shit, I've got something in my eye. I hate Eyeball. that. I think it's an eyelash. <laughs> This is all part of self-care. Yeah. <laughs> Getting the eyelash out of your fucking eye. Well, you know, um, you're right, though. It's, it, it is the simple things. And, you know, like, we tend to overcomplicate, right? You and I especially. Yeah. You know, we, well, I say especially. I don't know what everybody else's, you know, situation is. But I know us and I know how, you know, a lot of times we will overcomplicate. And when we make a simple decision, it takes us forever i mean yeah. when you got a job in chicago it was like okay i'm going to get a job and there it was you know <laughs> like okay so you know like that's self-care that's all part of it so how, how do we tap into that i guess is my question like even when we're depressed when you're depressed i, I mean because to me depression is a battle and you know it's one that I want to fight, if that makes sense. Sometimes, yeah, mm -hmm. you need to just sleep. We have rules about that. Look, self-care when you're depressed is very simple. Sleep as much as you can. Eat when you can. Go to the bathroom and shower at least twice a week if you can handle it. That's it. Right. That's yeah. it. It's that simple, you know. But, but that seems so difficult. It does. So, it seems like almost impossible to, like, drag yourself up and go stand up in the shower for 15 minutes and, like, when you're depressed, that's like a monumental task, but you know it'll make you feel better. You know you'll get out of the shower and you'll be like, oh, I'm clean. I'm so clean now. I can take on the world. You might feel that for like 30 seconds, but it's it's So can I make it. a suggestion? What? When, when I can handle it, what I do is I go ahead and take a douche in the shower as well. Oh, nice. Clean out entirely. Does that make start, you feel like more confident or something? It like makes, I've, I've yeah. never done that, so I don't know what it's like. Yeah, like, it's kind of so. like getting ready for a date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's like okay, I, I'm gonna date me today. You know, uh -huh. like the world's shitting on me right now, and it's not. We we yeah. know that, and that's the problem half the time is trying to rationalize things. Um, which the more you know, the more we try to rationalize. The, the harder it is to, to understand. Now, actually, uh, that brings me to something I wanted to ask you about. Um, we know that your partner is going through transition. I think we've mm -hmm. talked. Uh, I know we've talked about it. Um, and as a part of this transition, I'm curious about the emotions because it dawned on me the other day, finally, after 40 years of fucking living, that an mm -hmm. emotion doesn't have a name any fucking way. <laughs> an emotion right. is just a feeling. It's just there. Good, bad, yeah. indifferent, it's just there. It's going to pass. It's going to change. So uh, the two parts to that is, yes, with depression, hopefully, you know, a lot of you are able to kind of come out of it from time to time. Like Melinda has always said, the best thing about being bipolar is you get to swing back up. And you know it. <laughs> so, uh, But I'm curious how, how Micah is doing 
with transitioning from, you know, the male to female um, emotional side. Like, I mean, I, I was reading about how what an experience to be able to experience all emotions from all sides. Yeah. You know? And, like, there it's been, it's been a mix. And I kind of expected it to be. Like, everybody's like, oh, trans, you know, trans, HRT is rough, but it's really worth it. And I, and I thought, what, what's rough about it? And I think what's rough about it is all the emotional stuff. I mean, I, I, that's the what's rough about it so far. Because we've had some, you know, or she's had some really great emotional highs. Like, days without depression or anxiety and just feeling on top of the world. And then she's had, like, yesterday she went to work and, you know, just was at work for a couple hours and was, like, in the bathroom near tears and couldn't, like break out of that feeling so she came home and I was like what do you need you know I'll, I'll I'll get you whatever you need so you know I got her some tea I got her some breakfast you know I just kind of and she stayed in the bedroom for a while and sometimes that's you know like I, I feel like I kind of like I'm kind of expecting some teenager like behavior like some teenager like sullenness and like she she gave me her journal entry from yesterday and it was and it was and it was just so angry and like this just had all this anger and she said she was feeling it like on this level that she's never experienced it before and and I don't know if that's like an intensity thing that's going to taper off once she gets used to it or if that's just like her new reality you know um, well, okay, we have to admit that there's adjustment. There's always adjustment phase. Yeah. And even yeah. if it is the new reality, my guess, is that it will be buffered. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and kind of like the edges taken off. But that's, that's uh, like my curiosity is like keeping, uh, you know, a journal. Maybe you can ask her if she'll kind of journal simply for mm -hmm. us to kind of like understand or more important for me anyway, is to grow. Like there's a certain something that I as a size man, as a man, as a whatever you want to call it, um, understand and relate to where she has come from. Uh -huh. Now relating to where she is going, who she is becoming, how she is blossoming I have friends, I can empathize, I feel lucky that I can, I feel a lot, mm -hmm. but there's, there's more to nurturing that feeling. And what happens, yeah. for me, like what happens when it goes back to taking that, that learning back into my own sense of manhood, my own sense of being, really, yeah. um, you know, so yeah, maybe you can ask her about that. Yeah, let me write that down. But I think all that is, you know, again, just because it's it's who we are. I mean, it's it's like where do you where do you jump off the cycle? Like I'm depressed. I need sex. Being, you know, I need sex. I'm depressed. Now those are not one because of the other or whatever. But those two things happen, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and luckily I have a, a, a partners that that you know encourage that. Um. But how, where where does it where do we go with it? I I don't know because because like you to go back to your idea of dating yourself because I think I think that's ultimately what self care is you know like it's it's 
It's taking care of yourself the way you would take care of somebody that you really value and treasure. And if what you need is sex, then, you know, you go get some sex. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like that's what you need to do. And if what you need is intimacy, you know, then do what you need to do to feel intimacy. Right. You know, if, if what you need is, you know, to go to the dentist or something, I don't know, like just do all what you the, need to do. Right. Yeah. Do what you would do for, you know, a, a boyfriend or, you know, a wife in my case or, you know. Well, like, and, you know, I think you, you said it perfectly. Self-care is dating yourself. How would you... I mean, and that goes back to even taking a shower, getting off the overwhelm of depression. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you take a shower yeah, to get ready for funk. someone else. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? The literal funk and the figurative funk. <laughs> Wash it all in and out. Just get it out there. Yeah, yeah. But, well, okay, yeah, why, why, why don't we talk a little bit? Um, I mean, self-care, we, we've talked about douching as something that, you know, we have different, I don't even want to say ideas about, we just haven't really talked about. So, oh, yeah. Well, I've never done that. Um, anywhere or? Well, you're actually not supposed to douche your vag because. I know that, but there is possibility to rinse. Yes, that's true. And I, I you know, I, I rinse and everything and wash very well and whatever. I've just never, like, done like the douche part. Yeah, I've never done an anal douche. I've seen them at the sex shop. Um but yeah, I've never done one. So, I mean, just to touch on it uh for informational purposes as yeah, I Yeah, like what we, is it like? We we are not professionals, but we do like to talk about our experiences um just to disgust you. No, I'm kidding. Who <laughs> <laughs> we are. Uh no, uh, for me, there, there. Well, understand. There's a couple of different ways to go about it. There's like a bulb, which is this little bulb. So it's like a a quick shot to cleanse mm-hmm. out, cleanse out your, you know, the the rectum and all that. And then uh, a lot of what you'll see um, are either shower hookups or bags. Okay. Um, now, I've used all three. Uh, I prefer the bag because I feel like I have most control over how it's flowing into me. Uh-huh. Um, because when you when you do an anal douche, um, especially depending on water temperature, you don't want to go too warm. You don't want to go too cold. But there's somewhere in between. And remind me to tell you about coffee douching. Whole nother situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, so anyway... Uh-huh. When when your water's warm or colder than your than your body temperature, you can feel it rising mm-hmm. in in your gut. Whew. Okay, to like the a reverse whiskey shot, like <laughs> sort of. Yeah, why not? I mean, uh, yeah. Only it's it's not it's not as quick. Uh-huh. Imagine if that were slowed down. Ooh, but and it's okay. it, it, you know like a, a lot of times you've got to you you. You've kind of got to do it twice. Like the first mm-hmm. one will start the process and then you can feel in your stomach. And what I found is after that, I mean, everything flows freely. And, you know, what's your question? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, okay, okay. Paint me a picture. You're in the shower. And this is actually pre-shower for me. Okay, that's I... my question. Like, do you do this over the toilet? Yeah. Do you... Okay, okay. Okay, Here's here's the setup for me. Um, I fill the bag and I have it on the the shower 
the shower, right? The rail, yeah. Yeah. whatever you yeah. call that, shower curtain rod. Um, and then I will plug it in, <laughs> you know, start it. Well, technically, you start it first to get the air out of the hose, uh-huh. right? Starts to then you close it off, put it in, open it back up. You can adjust how quickly it's flowing into you based uh-huh. on your own comfortability. Takes a little bit of practice, you know, but um, and then I start to shave. <laughs> oh, okay. You, know? you just so let I, it do its thing. Yeah, you it? just kind of hang out. And at some point, like I said, it kind of has to go in twice. Uh, at some point, you'll feel the heaviness. Like, okay, I gotta go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And once you flush that, then you have. And you don't have to use all of it, you know, you don't want to use all the water and you don't want to do this, you know, more than I think it's once a week or whatever, because you can mess with the flora, the bacteria. Yeah, I was going to ask and you about that. Like, is that bad? Deep. Um, well, yes, it is. But I, this is something I've been doing for 20 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't had a problem. Yeah. So, again, I keep it. I've also, you know, read up on you know, how to do it. There's plenty of stuff to read out there. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm sure there's more than one way because let's talk about how long civilization has been around, right? Um, so uh, that's what works for me. And, you know, like I said, I always come out feeling, I, I feel more sexual. It's like, again, mm-hmm. prepping for a date, whether mm-hmm. it's with myself or someone else. Yeah. You know, here's a question for you. Masturbation and depression. Hmm. Hmm. Because sometimes, sometimes I can loop myself into using that orgasm to help pull me out of a depression. That is an interesting idea. And I feel like I want to practice that next time I'm like super depressed and can get away for a few minutes. Well, even if you're under covers, just put your fingers on it, you know, like just touch yeah. yourself. Yeah, and- right. Well, you know, I mean, we already think about sex so frequently, like as people, right? Mm -hmm. That when I'm depressed, I will tumble. I will just go through my tumblers, which is full of memes that are hilarious and naked men, regardless of what they said they were going to do about porn. Uh So (laughs) it's to to try to get my mind active on something with, and, and I don't. I don't think that's addiction. I don't know. I'm not I'm not always using it to pull myself out, but you know, that could be a question too. <laughs> Where does self-care well, and addiction come? <laughs> well, and it's for me, I like escapism. Okay. I like reading a book. You know, I like watching a movie. I like anything that kind of takes me out of my current just kind of pool of misery and shows me, "Hey, you know, the world's not all bad." Not all flaming piles of shit. So, you know, that means that I can't read anything dystopian or anything like that. So, like, it has to be light, light stories. Hitchhiker's Guide. A light light story. (laughs) Super light. So light, it'll be heavy. So, okay, have you ever tried or, you know, maybe this is something you you could try. I'm just curious what would happen, you know, when you fall into that depression, reading uh, an erotic book. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, That helped to bring, I mean, because you have the escapism, but again, there's something about depression that if you can get moving in the smallest way, sometimes, sometimes that can help to bring about, you know, a little bit of relief. Yeah. Um, But 
you know, I it's it's kind of a crapshoot if an orgasm works to pull me out of depression. <laughs> it, it's I, I don't know if I can reach it when I'm depressed. Yeah, Some, exactly. Sometimes it's sometimes it's so physical that it doesn't matter what I'm thinking about. I just mm-hmm. need to come. I just need to. And get usually, that when yeah. when I'm depressed, my sex drive is really low anyway. Right. So, like, what I'm looking for is like things that give me the warm fuzzies. You know. Mm-hmm. So not necessarily sex, but maybe like that really kind of emotional, intimate, close sex. Right. Well, you know, you like that's with yourself or with somebody else, because that's, yeah. you know, you, you can get in there with yourself and 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 explore and experiment and then be able to like in my situation, I try to bring that back to my relationship, like my my primary relationship mm-hmm. um, because of that self-expression. But it's like if I can't even express it to myself, it's like yeah. coming out when you're gay. If you can't even say it to yourself, it's really, really hard to say it to somebody else, you know? <laughs> I mean, so, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of that, that situation. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, like, now I'm wondering, maybe I should find some erotic books. Yes, you should. I mean, I'm a huge fan of erotic literature in general. Um, I mean, I tend to read more, like, romance novels than, like, straight-up erotica, but I do like erotica as well. Um, But for me, it's, like, there has to be some kind of emotional element there, or I'm just, like, I feel like I'm reading porn, you know? Like, in that question, could you read porn and help yourself pull out of depression? Well, see, here's the thing. I don't really like a lot of porn Unless it looks like the people are really into each other. Like, if they're just kind of, you know, just doing their thing and, like, you could put anybody else in there. Like, they don't really look like they're particularly into their partner. I'm going to I'm gonna zone out. I'm going to change it. I'm going to turn it off. I'm going to... Moving on, you know? Like, how, and a lot much, of porn is like that for me. How much male gay porn amateur do you watch? Uh, not enough. Not enough. <laughs> so, here's an idea for you. Just because I've learned this too, don't watch it. Listen to it. Put it on while you're reading a book. Mm. And if you can, like I've I've got what I call my porn machine. Um, in case my it goes down, all my porn goes to my iPad, and yeah. I can put it on like random repeat, and I just download shit and put it on there, and then random repeat. And a lot of times, I'll just leave the soundtrack on. Yeah. So you never know who's going to be moaning and how they're going to be moaning or if they're going to be moaning or if you just hear a splat or if they're, like you know, slapping. like... Slapping. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, or shower running. I mean, right. And maybe that's it for me, actually, with the shower and the douching. Like, I do have a bit of a shower fetish. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, mean, I, I love watching. And it's... I don't know if that's Virgo, but it's this need for cleanliness. The cleaner mm. I get, the dirtier I feel I'm allowed to get. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Yeah. You know, um, but it is also kind of ritualistic. Mm-hmm. Now back to the enema real quick because the coffee enema. Read oh, about yeah. Yeah. this and tried it. You've got to make your coffee basically the day before. Uh-huh. Okay? It's gotta be cool, right? Yeah, you don't want it hot, but leave it on the counter. Don't put it in the fridge. Okay. You don't want it too cold, it'll shock the system. When like you a use fish. <laughs> <laughs> Yuck! Buying <laughs> uh, <laughs> myself. No, uh, but when you do that, it uh, it actually stimulates 
the the like hairs that are in there that move everything. Uh-huh. So it actually stimulates your colon to cleanse better and faster. Nice. And especially someone who doesn't like I don't eat vegetables. Um, at least not often unless they're blended up. You know how that goes for me. Uh texture thing, it's ADHD. We'll probably land back on that at some point. Um but it, when when I did the the douche there what I learned, and then I read about this too, what I learned is that somebody that eats a lot of meat, that meat gets trapped within those hairs. So they yeah. don't necessarily, which is what you need fiber for, right? right. That's yeah. the, so it stimulates all that and cleans mm-hmm. it out. Interesting. And you never that feel cleaner. Cool. You'll never feel cleaner in your life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless you try some like antifreeze or something, but if you do that, <laughs> I'm kidding, taboo-free, but you probably won't be able to tell us about it. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, what else? Other questions? Um, Ideas? Well, I mean, going back to things that make you feel sexy or whatever, like, for me, it's shaving. Okay. You know, like, if I'm completely hairless, you know, from my eyebrows down, like I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with myself that day. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm ready for whatever. Right. Um. And wearing, uh, wearing pretty clothes. Like it doesn't matter. Like eventually, I'm just like, I'm not going anywhere today. I don't have any money. I don't need to go shopping for anything. Like I'm just gonna sit at home and I'm gonna sit in my dirty bike shorts. And my dirty tank top that I've been wearing for three days in a row because I'm too fucking depressed to change my clothes, you know. And eventually I've just got to kick that and be like, fuck that. I'm not going anywhere, but I'm going to wear a pretty dress today, damn it. And I'm going to walk around like I'm about to have like the best date of my entire life, you know. And I'm putting on my ball stretcher. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. Yeah. Teach their so own. you know I don't know like certain things but I think I think the the really the things that get bogged down for me are like food um but I do have kind of a a, a solution for that and it's these little you know I told you I've been doing the vegetarian thing and I found these little like steamer bag protein things at the store in the freezer section and they're like 450 calories a piece so it's not like a lot but it's like beans and rice and some veggies mixed in and like I don't know it's it's pretty good and it's like if you can't get anything else then you know frozen food is like a great idea for you know Easy self-care when you need a warm meal. Yeah, when you need food, you know, what can you find in the the freezer section that you can put away for later? How do you feel after you eat these? Because, like, okay, having lost 100 pounds at one point in my life, Mm -hmm. I I was at that point, um, for whatever reason, very disciplined and very uh, aware of my feelings. And maybe that goes back to self-care, is self-awareness of feelings, how you feel. Definitely. Um, but I noticed, and, and you and I have done this diet, the, the ham sandwich frozen pizza diet. 
Right, right. You know, and that's that's where it got started is, you know, after a year, that's all I was eating because it had become sustenance. Right. So I'm curious to find in my own kind of mental illness here where that balances, you know, between like feeling good and comfort. Not that. Now, no. Yeah. That's a little tricky for me because, you know, I, I have an eating disorder that, you know, kind of hinges on eating for comfort and eating a lot for comfort. So like I have to be really careful and, and, Sometimes lately I've been tending to like overcorrect and like going like instead of reaching for food, I'm like, okay, don't eat anything right now because you're feeling depressed and you don't want to binge. And because because like I feel like it's like a dam that's like if I if I, you know, knock a couple of pebbles off, maybe it'll be okay, but maybe it'll all come rushing forward and you'll eat everything in the entire house. So what if you eat in a different place? Um. Like, okay, here's here's where this thought just came from. I, when I'm depressed, lay on the couch a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where I eat. Mm-hmm. So what happens if I only eat as a discipline when I'm feeling good in a certain area? Maybe that's outside on the fucking porch. I'll yeah. lose a lot of weight in winter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like, yeah. Uh, what happens? Like, can we Pavlov ourselves? I think is where it goes for me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, because I think, I think, uh, like a lot of it is just conditioning. So, you know, I've been conditioned to eat like this, you know, it's a, it's a learned behavior. So I think it can be unlearned. Okay. You know, nobody comes into this world naturally binge eating, you know, kids regulate their own diet extremely well. You know, so and nobody comes into this life automatically knowing how to starve themselves either. So, you know, I, I definitely think you can you can learn how to properly engage with food. I hope I hope. <laughs> you know, well, no, that's a great word, though, is is engage, engage with food. Uh, I was thinking about addiction because, you know, everybody's addicted to something. Mm-hmm. Um I'm just addicted to everything, so it works. No, not really. Uh, I'm addicted to social shit. Put it on the table, I'll probably do it, but it's only because I want to be in the room. You right. know? Right. You otherwise, I don't. Yeah, otherwise I don't care, you know? Yeah. It's just for the kicks. But, no, um, I forgot where I was going with that, actually. Um, oh, engagement with food and addiction. Um, like, I know I have chemical dependencies on Adderall. You and I have talked about that. Um, and it's because it's been in my system for so long. But it's not something that I play with because it's a speed. It does not work that way for me. Um, you know, and I've done a lot of other drugs besides Adderall while on Adderall. And they all do the same thing. I want to stare at the TV and focus. That's it, because I'm focused. Yeah. And it makes my blood pressure go up when I take other shit. So what's the point? Right. Like I said, in a social social situation, if it's on the table, I'm more than likely to do a little with you. But I don't want to waste your money with it. Don't want to waste my money with it. Yeah. Especially if you can enjoy it. (laughs) But the addiction... Yeah. Real quick, though. The addiction is back to, in the engagement, is back to how we think about it, right? Yeah. Like, what is our relationship to it? So how do we foster a healthy relationship 
um, you know, and this this goes back to everything with our partner, with ourselves. You know, what, and this goes for anybody out there, what ideas do you have or how do you kind of uh, mitigate that within yourself, you know? Um, I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, like, a lot of dealing with addiction and dealing with, you know, things that can hurt us, but we still need them, you know, right. um, like relationships, you know, relationships can hurt us, but we need them. You know, I think it's I think it's really important to treat yourself fairly, you know, and say, if I fuck up and say the wrong thing, I can apologize. And that's all I can do. You know, if I'm not paying as much attention to my partner as I need to be for a little while, you know, I can fix that. You know, it's, well, how it's not do you know that unless they speak up. Well, but say they speak up and then like oh. for me. For me, in that situation, I would feel guilt and I would feel shame and I would be like, oh, my God, I'm not good enough for this person. They're so amazing. They're so good to me and I haven't been reciprocating and I just beat myself up. So, like, in a situation like that, you have to be like you have to forget about what shame tells you to feel. You know what I mean? And like taking care of yourself, you have to you have to stop letting that little that little shaming voice inside you say, you know, why, why would you get up and take a shower? You know, you're, you're just going to sit on the couch anyway. You know, why bother? Right. You're such, you're such a slob, you know, what, why bother trying to shower and, and, you know, just be to, just so you can be a slob for another day, you know? So I think, I think oh. kindness to yourself has a lot to do with it in either case. And I was going to ask what, not necessarily the opposite is, but what is the antonym to shame? And, you know, um, I'm actually looking it up because, you know, we're word people. Yeah. We, we love to figure yeah, out I don't words. know. What's the opposite of shame? Uh, let me get there real quick. But I think you just said is that, is, is that fairness to yourself. Yeah. Being fair. Like you, can, you can fix a lot of stuff, you know, but our brains trick us into thinking like everything's permanent. Everything's always going to be a certain way or, you know, it's so, okay. Check this out. Um, cause I'm also looking at the synonyms for shame. I think it's, uh -huh. worth, I, I think that's a huge word. I think we should investigate it for a minute. Um, but one of the synonyms for it is confusion. Yeah. Cause, cause you, at least for me, um, it's, it's not knowing how to feel. It's like this cognitive dissonance between how I feel like I should feel and how I actually feel. Now it, it does say, yeah, like it's a disgrace. You feel like you've, you're a disgrace. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, stupefaction is the antonym. Wow. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> I feel like that's just what happened to me. Um, <laughs> uh, abashment, uh, blot, chagrin. Let's see. Um, let's go to the antonyms. Uh, approval, esteem, honor, meanness, praise, respect, and pride. So I guess pride is, is kind of the opposite when it or, comes to, you know, modern yeah, well, day. I would, say, I would say respect, too. Like, Absolutely. You know, because that's internal. 
Huh? Is that external or internal? I mean, I think internal is always going to be more ideal. You know, if you have a lot of respect for yourself, then, you know, it's going to be a lot easier to mitigate feelings of shame than if you have to go to external sources of respect, you know? Like, if you have to constantly go to other people and be like, hey, you respect me, right? You know, because I got this voice telling me I'm worthless. That's codependency. But, again, I think where's the line on... Uh, you know, I mean, like looking at how my partner already is respecting me more than I'm respecting myself. Mm, yeah. He's trying to yeah. take care of me. I'm not leaning on that. Again, back to the mm. relationship of things, but more like, you know, sometimes that external factor, I think, helps me. And I, I think it's unconscious, at least until yeah. now. Yeah. Um, so that's something I'm going to pay attention to. Though. Well, yeah, I think the external, anything external that we have, like, is validating, you know, like your partner respecting you and your partner treating you well, like that is, that should be a sign that you are a worthwhile person. You know, when, when that little voice comes nagging in your head saying, Oh, you're such a fuck up. You know, there's evidence around you that you're loved and respected and validated. You know, you just have to look for it. And which is the hard part of depression. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Um, but I'm saying maybe if we notice it there, you know, or in different areas, then maybe, maybe for me, it would come easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Flexing muscles, see, looking, because when you look for something, you find it, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, ultimately, if you're searching, you will find it. Um, yeah, for sure. Which it goes the, it goes the opposite way, too. If all you're looking for is the negative, that's what you're going to find. Right. You know, Absolutely. so your partner may treat you like a freaking, you know, God most of the time and if you're only looking for the negative you're going to see like the one time they did something mean to you you know (laughs) right well I was thinking okay let's full circle this for a minute it goes back to how I need to fuck if I'm going to fuck I need to just go fuck yeah you know what I mean like that's that's it because what am I looking for when I talk about I'm going to go get fucked well for a long time it's been like it's not going to happen it's like so in my subconscious in my unconscious I'm making it not happen Mm mm-hmm I got you. I'm glad you pointed that out. See, long-term friends is what we do. Um, <laughs> You've always gotten in the way of getting sex, though. You've always gotten in your own way. Well, yes. Um, and part of that, you know, I've done a lot of thought and process with my, my therapist around that, too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it's something, you know, when you come from an abusive background, the way I yeah. did, and for me, I'm just lucky I didn't repeat the cycles. Um, but, it, you know, it, most people go to extremes after that. And I guess uh, my extreme, like the only way I knew self-care was to disassociate and not be a part. But, but I think back to uh, validating sexuality, I was in the leather community. And although there was not necessarily penetration, you know, cock to anything penetrate. Well, okay, no cock to ass penetration. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of things did go on that I I just didn't think of as necessarily being sexual. They were just experiences. But yeah. to look back on them, you know, I have been sexually expressive, just not necessarily in the way that society says sex should be. Right. And, even and maybe that's what we should talk about next time is all the different things that are sexual 
that society just kind of ignores or pretends doesn't exist or calls, you know. Sex negativity? Yeah, yeah. Says are too risky or whatever, you know. What is sex? Well, and, really. you know. And what counts as sexual contact? Reading this book, Ethical Slut, I'm going to throw it out there because I'm going to endorse it. Uh, it. It's talking about that, where I'm at in the book right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what what does sex mean and how do we define it for ourselves? Yeah. So I think that's a great, uh, great attitude and great idea for uh, an upcoming conversation yeah for sure um so i think that weighs on both of us a lot you know what well yeah because because we have you know partners in situations where we can't engage in normal you know penis in ass penis in vagina like sometimes that's not on the table for us so you know we have to we have to be open to other other definitions of sex that maybe not everybody's aware of exists so, okay, um, I want to look up the social, like, we need to do that. Actually, maybe this is something we can talk to with Tom. Oh, that would be wonderful. Yeah, and maybe he can give us some, some hints or whatever on the social aspects um, of, you know what I mean? Like, what is it socially? Because I don't fit the standards of social, pretty much anything, I don't know, whatever. Um, but... Over here is what society believes sex is. Uh-huh. Over here is what I believe sex is. So, I mean, there is no right or wrong, but, you know, we'll we'll look into that. But yeah. uh, I think it would We've be fun been... to have him on and... Yeah, for sure. Talk to him about that. See when he wants to do that. Um, we've been going on for about 42 minutes, though, so we should probably... So and today's conversation, because we started talking about our next conversation anyway. Right. <laughs> Did you have to mark the time Anyway, I mean, I think it just comes down to, you know, putting in the effort to take care of yourself, you know, and being nice to yourself when. Again, I think that word for me uh, is being fair to myself. I'm yeah. fair with others. Yeah, be, fair. be fair with myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, excellent. Uh, so if anybody has any comments or, you know, something they can share with us, validate the community, uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at AuthenticaFM. And, uh, yeah, we'll... We we'll will have a website up and running soon. And uh, if it's not already up by the time this episode gets published... Um, cause Micah said it's very close to being done. Like it's, it's extremely close. Um, so, uh, I don't think it's going to be very long before it gets out, but yeah, we'll have a website up. Um, not sure if I want to really deal with having a Facebook page, honestly, cause no. I'm kind of, I'm kind of over Facebook. Yeah. Um, again, I use messenger. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe somebody will change my mind, you know, if, if there's enough of a, a want from people to have a Facebook page, but you know, that's another, okay, hold on, hold on. That's another episode. I mean, we can cut the episode whenever you're ready. I think we're, Oh uh, yeah. 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 Uh, so I don't know if you took down the time. No, I'll have us edit it. Well, let me just say thanks for tuning in and we hope you stick around for more episodes. 
And, uh, you know, shout out to us on Twitter. Um, visit our webpage if it's up. I don't know if it is. It's going to be uh, Authentica.fm. So, um, yeah, hopefully we see you next time and have a good week and be authentic. Cheers. <laughs> have fun. Have fun. Yeah, have sex. Have fun. Bye. <laughs>